Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to the fourth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October. We lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. God damn it, we're back. <laughs> I am your host, Otis, and I am joined as ever by my beautiful wife, Katie. Hi. And my two good friends, Emma. What's up? And Micah. Hey, I'd like to think I'm beautiful too. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're all beautiful. I'm just saying. Got to make it. Got to make it a little more special for her. As <laughs> <laughs> a little kid on on school picture day, smile. <laughs> just like not quite a smile, but, but you're awkward. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that was. So, so this is episode one of this amazing show, and we are reviewing the babysitter killer queen. The demons from his past are making his life hell. Let's fucking go! The squad is working in the lab late one night when their eyes beheld an eerie sight. For the horror movie list began to grow in size and suddenly, to their surprise, watched them all. Happy spookies, everyone. We're back. We are back. Finally, we are we are where we started. The gold circle. This is season four. So three years we've been doing this. And now we're in the, the fourth season. And be a lot, a lot of new things popping up and stuff like that. But we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But we are we are back in the fourth annual Halloween Screamathon. This is the first episode. So we are doing the babysitter killer queen. So this is the sequel to well, the first one called The Babysitter, a Netflix film. This is where you can find it. And this bad boy came out in 2020, September 10th, 2020. Ooh. Now, I know someone out there is like, but Otis, is this supposed to be like two years after the first one? Hey, guess what? Why does he look so much older? Well, the first one was filmed in 2015 and came out in 2017. This one was filmed in 2019 and brought out in 2020. So that's why everyone looks like they're probably about to graduate high school actually a little bit older than but also that. like puberty so yeah yeah and that's you could just like play it play it off with puberty like you assume that the kid in the first movie was like in question mark eighth grade yeah and it's or maybe even a freshman in high school because he was like little looking and now he's a junior in high school yeah that's two years and there's a lot of change boys go through a big there's a big difference between like 14 year old freshman kid and 17 16 17 year old junior kid like the big growth but this is this is a black comedy horror film directed and produced by mcgee it's our boy that helped make supernatural yep and a lot of other cool films that him we, and kripke baby like, so mcgee and kripke McGee. just running the world right now <laughs> so if you don't know anything like about somebody's about to drop like the sickest album Here's your next song by McGee and Kripke. <laughs> I mean, they released The Babysitter and also The Boys, so. Exactly. Yeah. They, are they on fire right now? So for the uninitiated, uh, I would say go back and listen to episode 157 of our podcast. That is chapter four of the third annual Halloween Screamathon. We did this bad boy last year. Ooh. But The Babysitter, real quick, it's about a kid. Cole. Cole. And his babysitter, B, and Cole is fighting for his life against B and her four friends 
because they are trying to sacrifice him for some weird blood cult and reasons. <laughs> it's just kind of like better watch out, but in reverse, because that kid was fighting for his life, but he was trying to kill. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but this one is funny. Right when it started, Kay's like, is this the one where you like, is killing everybody? I'm like, yes and no. <laughs> it is that. It is. He is killing. It's been a while. But not bad it's killing. been, it's been yeah. a whole year since we watched The Babysitter. So my brain has like molded the two movies together. So yeah. I have to like really, I couldn't remember when we started watching this film, which one was which. Yeah. So I had to ask for clarification. Yeah. So yeah, it's Cole fighting for his life against five adults, looks like. And just like we said before, luck is on this child's side. Everything works out for him. He, he doesn't kill anybody. He's just around when it happens. He helps the killing happen. It's kind of like the way Disney heroes kill their villains. They don't do it initially. They're just there when it happens. Like with uh, Tarzan and uh, Clayton. Clayton. He didn't yeah. make Clayton hang himself. He was just Clayton there. Clayton hung himself because you know? he was trying to kill Tarzan. And Cole actually takes out somebody kind of like Clayton and Tarzan. But anyway. Well, same with Scar. But yeah, at the end of the movie, Cole, he actually shoots a car at B, his babysitter, and smushes her, and then they talk, and then he kind of says, you know, even though you tried to, like, sacrifice me to the devil, like, I still love you, and she sheds a tear, the cops come in, where did she go? Are you making this up, Cole? Where did she go, and her other friends that were all in the blood cult? Yeah. They're all gone. So that is the end of the movie, and this one is two years later. He is in high school, a junior, I don't know how that worked, because he was not in high school in the first one, I don't think. But he's a junior. No one believes him. I I think he was because I think they was made he a that freshman? A, I think they made that a point. Like he's on the cusp of being too old, but at the same time, it like I think they make that point at the beginning of the movie. I mean, it's like very brief and goes yeah. Over, but I think they do bring that up. Okay. Well, yeah, because he was like arguing with his parents, like I don't need a babysitter. Oh, I yeah. think absolutely, yeah. he did not need one. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's him. Trying to figure out, I mean, he knows it was real, but no one else believes him. And he, you know, another night happens and everything falls apart again. And he's fighting for his life from a lot of familiar faces. Uh, this one's fun. So, Katie, what did you think about The Babysitter Killer Queen? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. I really like this movie. Um, this is not, this is probably. My favorite style of scary movie um, or of horror movies. It's not actually scary. It's like hilarious and comedy. Gruesome. I like, yeah, I like horror comedies a lot. And this one completely fit. Like, if you enjoy any of Supernatural, you'll like pretty much everything that McGee and Kripke have done since the show ended. So, this is a good movie. Emma. I agree. Absolute thumbs up. Um, this movie was phenomenal. I also am a big fan of the blood guts and silliness. Because if it can make me giggle at the same time as being like, wow, that is so much blood. That's an easier way to take in the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was I was telling Micah while we were watching this, this whole franchise now is starting to remind me of like the Sharknado of horror films, where it's just silly, but it's serious enough that you actually care <laughs> and you really want to get into it and watch it. So I really liked this one. Micah. 
uh yeah this continues our list of bangers just kind of you know we hit a lot of gold in the last in last month so coming into this you know we're we're, we're kind of on a real real good roll um they kind of set this movie up very comic booky which i isn't it based off a book or something like that no i think this is like an original idea yeah but it does have elements of like scott pilgrim yeah yeah i i like when they have because this was very much a scott pilgrim slash not another teen movie slash yeah um i like when they do the fourth wall breaks and stuff and then the random like freeze frame with like goofy comic like onomatopoeia <laughs> or something across the screen you're like ooh, okay <laughs> where it That's... said what the fuck again <laughs> again and i was like ah. <laughs> no i i thought it was great um i really liked the the setup for it where nobody believes him like there were no bodies around and just the, the way they did the twists and stuff and and they kept it interesting for long enough that we could have a full-length movie and so i think the bits of comedy throughout and just silly goofiness of it really really worked it's like a parody movie that isn't trying to be a direct remake of something else yeah it's like a parody of the trope essentially and i thought they did a really good job with this one I, I yeah loved it this i had an absolute fun time with this but this is yeah. right up my alley uh, comedy i said i've said this billions of times and i'm gonna keep saying it comedy and horror are so easy to weave into each other because it's the same steps you know you got to build up a joke and then let the joke go at the right time for it to be hilarious with horror you build up the tension and let it go at the right time to scare people it's awesome. That's why Jordan Peele is doing so great with his movies because it's fucking comedy yeah. and horror. Just like, yeah, I like I like that they referenced his universe that he was creating as well. <laughs> this is like a post Jordan Peele era movie. <laughs> it's awesome. The new Halloween movies. That was Danny McBride. That dude's fucking hilarious, man. It's just comedians are starting to realize, like, shit. I do I have it in me to make a good horror movie? <laughs> and they go for it. I, I love this movie. And, well, spoilers, they're working on a third one. McGee has, Hell yeah. McGee has said he wants to do a trilogy uh, about Cole's journeys with this, and especially with the ending of this one, there's obviously some type of goal that they're going for. I can uh, you can obviously see it. So I bet it'll be I'll bet it'll be something like the devil realized that you know he might be his one nemesis out there who's like able to kind of see through the shit that he's creating and yeah. somehow like it's not magic or anything. He's just able to be one step ahead of the devil every time and it just seems to work out. Somehow the Winchesters show up, you know. Oh my god. We get a homelander moment, just crossover. I actually have a couple of thoughts. We'll get to the end and I'll bring up something because I think they should have some characters pop up and I think it'd be great. But everybody from the original film, they pop back up. They look older. But all of the spoilers, all of the killers from the first movie, they pop up. If you look in the trailer, you see him again. So Robbie Amell, it's, is he actually the brother of Stephen Amell? Yeah. Oh, they, Yeah, they look really... I think that's what... Well, I looked up last time. Yeah, because he he's in um he was Firestorm, so it's two guys that mix together and make a superhero. 
he's also Fred Jones in the new the newer versions of Scooby Doo. Oh, yes, he is. the non Freddie Prince Jr. Oh man, yeah, yeah. he looks like Freddie. Yeah, yeah, the real the real silly new Scooby Doo's. Yeah, I can see him in Ascot. Yeah, he's very pretty. <laughs> Just a dick in a neckerchief. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So my boy Andrew Bachelor or King Batch back in the day, I used to watch Vines. I, which is weird. I haven't, I didn't hop over to TikToks, but he was absolutely hilarious. I want to say he was he had the most followers on Vine, eleven point three million followers. They're cousins. Oh, cousins. Yeah, Robbie and Stephen Stephen Amell okay. are cousins. So sorry, it, it's awesome. You get oh, to see so King much Bach. more of him. He was absolutely amazing. King Bach is fucking funny as shit. Uh, Leslie Bibb, I've seen her in a ton of things. She's always like. Not really a mom, but I've seen her in a ton of stuff. Lately, she's been the mom. Yeah. Uh, Bella Thorne. Yeah, everybody that pops back up. And then, spoilers, Samara Weaving. So my girl from Mayhem, Ready or Not, fucking the babysitter movies. She's absolutely amazing at horror or horror-adjacent things. Ready or Not is so good. I need more movies with her with blood on her face because she's really good at it. So She's also one of the uh, twins of, what's her name? I can do it. Oh, Harley Quinn. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, you yeah, got me fucked up. Um, Margot Robbie. Thank there you. I'd get there. <laughs> I'm stuck in the hole. Sorry, <laughs> they look the same. Yeah, they do. She's like the, if you literally did a movie about somebody whose personality actually split physically as like an evil twin and a happy twin. Yeah. Margot Robbie is the happy twin that's like, ha ha ha. And Samara Weaving as the evil twin because she just has that like permanent mischievous face on that I'm just like, oh fuck. But honestly, it could really go either way with those two. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, we'll get through this story. We'll we'll get to the end and we can talk about some things later. But no, this this is a thumbs up from everybody. So seriously, give this movie a shot. Watch the first one. So you can understand some things, but did we talk about? I, I'm sorry. I just I I was curious. So I looked it up. Did anybody say? And I might have missed it while I was busy looking it up. But Samara Weaving, yo oh, yeah, related to she's the niece of Hugo Weaving. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know. I assumed I saw the last name. I thought that was his daughter. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. It's his. It, it's his niece. That's awesome. Makes perfect sense. Glad she don't look like him. He's scary looking. <laughs> Yeah, when he was Agent Smith and he laughed in the third movie, when he like absorbed the uh, the Oracle and he was like, ooh, I can see the ending. <laughs> yeah, I don't like robots laughing. That was real creepy looking. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's two years after the first movie. That, well, in his world, two years after he almost got killed that one night. And no one believes Cole because all the evidence is gone. So it's just one house with a car flown into it. But the the fucking tree house was busted under the house was exploded spiders everywhere so it just looks like cole just destroyed his house and said crazy people came in so yeah no one believes him and now he's a junior in high school and everyone's like here's that freaky deaky kid that said people tried to kill him at one night let's go beat him up <laughs> i don't understand it but uh i like his look he's wearing like what corduroy and he's got these suits on and stuff because that corduroy three-piece suits very what popular kids wear in high school 
well, well yeah but, but he's a nerd just like and she's all that when she wore the overalls oh no he, i know he's, you he's didn't hear yeah. hear the clear sarcasm in my voice yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no one believes him except for melanie so she was the girl in the first movie that he went over to her house and i guess kind of saved her life but she was perfectly safe over where she was so he kind of dragged the danger to her but then you know he's like i like you a lot so she's the only one that believes him so his parents everybody thinks that he just kind of lost it one night and his parents they, they're kind of whispering about like he's kind of fucking crazy his dad's like yeah he's, he's pretty crazy he walks in the room like hey hey kiddo what you doing <laughs> they give him tons of pills to take and you know everything like that so he finds out that his parents are going to put him in a psychiatric school because he's not getting any better. It's been two years and he still believes that he got attacked by crazy cult. So he runs off with Melanie and her new boyfriend, Jimmy, and their friends, Boom Boom and Diego. Oh, man, Diego is awesome. Uh, and they head out to a, was it a beach party? It was a beach. Yeah, uh, it was a lake. Lake party. Yeah. Like party brawl. <laughs> so before that even happens, uh, like a couple hours before they leave for the party, they see a new a new student joins the school. Her name is Phoebe. And she's that bad girl, you know. Yeah, look at me. Uh, Katie was like, why is she wearing lingerie <laughs> under her jacket? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they sure. The, that school sure didn't give a fuck about any type of dress code. Yup. And Phoebe's that bad kid. She she tells everybody that she's pregnant and just acts like a psycho. And like, man, I'm not going to talk to that crazy person. So Cole, he sees Phoebe come to the lake and hops on a jet ski and just scoots off. And we see from her perspective, she finds a stuffed toy and a, a clue to go to the lake in her locker. So she's freaked out and she leaves. So Cole and Me- Melanie... Yeah, mm-hmm. Melanie. I don't know why I say I want to say Megan. Uh, Melanie, they're partying, and she tells them like, "Come on, relax. Like, have a good time. Even, I mean, if you're gonna still get sent to the crazy school later, try to have fun right now." And he's starting to relax, but he's still uptight about everything. So later that night, they play two minutes in heaven because they realize that seven minutes is just very unrealistic. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah kind of." And Cole and Melanie go into the closet and. Melanie makes out with Cole and he seems to be enjoying life right now. Good for you, Cole. Good for you. And then Melanie's friends start asking Cole questions about the cult. Questions that he didn't even tell Melanie. And Melanie brings up a question and he's like, how did you know about that book? And she's like, but you told me, Cole. He's like, no, I didn't. But how did you know? And she's like, yeah. And takes out a gigantic hook <laughs> and kills Boom Boom. Just destroys her throat and blood shoots everywhere. Oh, no. Cole's back in it, y'all. He's back in it. So He sure did. That girl looked like she couldn't even pick up a football. And she just out here grabbing an absolute hell of a hook <laughs> and just ripped everything. <laughs> I was like, okay. Right? I was like, oh, shit. So, once again, this series of movies, it's comedy, but they realize that people want to see some wild shit. So, the kills are absolutely, if you're not ready, it's pretty disgusting looking, I will say. 
but I was like, God damn. So, you know, it, may, if it makes me grimace. It's something there. <laughs> so Melanie tells Cole because she's kind of that kind of bad guy that kind of got a monologue. And she says that we need the blood of the of, innocent of a, a sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Mixed with the blood of an innocent. And then they can make their wishes come true. Man, that sounds a lot like, oh, no, the thing two years ago, they needed his blood. Oh, shit. So you realize that Melanie has a group and she's part of the same cult. So Cole's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. He gets up to leave. And then, oh, my Lord, (laughs) Max, Sonia, Allison and John, the original killers from the first movie pop out. And <laughs> Max pops out the shirtless one and he tries to get past John and John starts doing like MC Hammer dance, trying to block him out. And he drops it all low and starts twerking. So now he's got seven, seven killers to deal with and he's freaking out. And he actually gets saved from a distraction, a, a not needed, uh, not, a, not a needed distraction, but a surprise distraction from Phoebe. She needs gas because her jet ski's about to go out. She opens the door and she's like, oh, well, y'all into some freaky deaky stuff in here. I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna skedaddle. <laughs> she did the right thing. That'd be me. I'm like, hey, do you got any? That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll just head to the next Oops, boat. That's all right. Bad. That's all right. I, I'll close the door. <laughs> I will close this door, y'all. You've got dead on your floor. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta go. So Cole chunks the hook and hits Allison, Allison in the face, and hits her nose, just like in the first movie. She just gets these like weird like wounds on her body. And he runs off, hops on his jet ski with Phoebe, and they scoot off. So Max shoots off a harpoon shot and hits the gas tank. Makes sense, so they can't just fully escape. I get you, I get you, Mickey, I get you. So once they're on land, Cole, he explains everything to Phoebe. And she's like, oh, thank God, they're in a cult. thought they were zombies. I hate zombies. And when she said it like that, I was like, wait, are there zombies in this world? And hey, there might be. Because she, the way she said it, you know, she's like, hate zombies. So uh, the cult people, they're giving chase. And actually, Melanie, she lights the water. Because I, I think it actually is viable. You can do that if, like, gas is on water. I know yeah, that, like, that's super that's how they do it at fucking Disneyland. Yeah. Yep. They just throw gas on top of the fucking river for Phantasma. They have special little ducks that come out and squirt like a little puddle so they can light the um, river on fire. Oh, cool. And that trail of gas goes back to the jet ski and blows it up. (laughs) And so they know where to go. They meet up with this weird, like, rapey dude. Well, Phoebe meets up with the weird, rapey guy. Hey, that actor looked familiar. Yeah, he looked familiar to me too. He was in Halloween Kills. He was Big John. <laughs> he died with his husband, Little John. <laughs> he looked for, I was like, I know this dude. And he's all creepy looking. So uh creepy guy is trying to, I don't know, rub up on Phoebe. And Cole comes in and ties his shoelaces together and they run off. So good for them. They hop into his car and they're going to drive away. Then they meet Sonia. So this movie does a little bit more explaining. So the thing I love in sequels is they go back and explain things. If Micah was doing something in the first movie, but they don't explain why the fuck he was there. And then they're like, oh, this is why Micah was there. I'm like, all right. 
So Sonia, she was like, uh, worked at a mortuary and she did the makeup for dead bodies. She says something about, hey, you're going to look real good when you meet, meet the Dark Lord. And she's like, you know, saying some crazy things. And then B pops up and is like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, you came for me. So now to showing the whole little Charlie's Angels kind of reunion. Yeah, <laughs> reunion, how it goes. So Sonia pulls out a flamethrower and burns up the rapey guy, just sets him on fire, and then aims at the kids in the car. Fire doesn't destroy a car instantly, not like video games would tell you. And so they run her over three times. Well, actually, they run over twice. And the third time, she hops on the, the windshield and they drive toward a, I don't know, a rock wall. She hits the wall and then a surfboard comes off of the top of the car and decapitates her. And it was rough. And I was like, God damn. So, like I said, well, that was swift. Uh, the movie just gets wilder and wilder. I was like, God damn, that's wild as hell. <laughs> so, the cult, they get there. Uh, because Cole's trying to be cool and back up the car, and he runs on a rock, so the car is stuck. After laying under the car, like a lot of horror movies, they, uh, well, what was it a rattlesnake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost b- bites Cole, and Phoebe catches it. I was like, damn, that was fucking cool. So the cult, they they kind of fuss at each other because that, that's obviously the problem. We got the old group and the new group, and they're they're kind of button heads and stuff because the younger ones are kind of underestimating Cole. And the older guys, or the older group are like, we've dealt with this child before. He's fucking good at killing people. <laughs> Obviously, one of us is already gone. We need to take him seriously. So Max and John, they leave. And Allison, she takes a break. And she has these, like, what do they call them? Uh, what, fuck me pumps on? And she's yeah, running, yeah. running around in the... She called them fuck you pumps. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, fuck you pumps. <laughs> Go find the kid. I'm I'm taking a break. I'm like, ugh, you're lucky you're hot. <laughs> yeah. So Max and John, they like I said, they leave, and Allison just sitting there by the rocks. She sees the kids, and she actually chases them, and she has this like desert eagle fucking hand cannon. And I say hand cannon because she shoots a couple of animals and they absolutely explode. It's absurd how their bodies just pop. She shoots a deer and it's just legs. <laughs> And everybody's so dis- everybody's so oh disgusted. God, you killed Bambi. Watch a Disney movie, damn it. <laughs> so they are running from her and they jump down this like wedge of rocks. They slide down, and Allison's right behind them, and she gets stuck, but not before shooting her own self in the boob. And she gets stuck in the rocks, and they grab her legs and pull her, and her head comes off, and then her body gets hit by a giant boulder. So so before that, they explained that Allison wanted to be a journalist. She wanted to be an awesome journalist, but I mean, she's kind of dumb. And so no one wanted to hire her. And she just had a lot of rage in her heart. And then B pops up and she's like, I got a way to make you famous. So like I said, she's finding all these terrible people and giving them a shot. So the the kids, they head toward the boat uh, and they actually figure out the, the code because Max, he talks about the 1981 Tommy Two-Tone song, Jenny. And they're like, oh, that must be the password because the name of the boat was Jenny. And so they ride off. Max hops onto a, what, uh, floaty little... Oh, an inner tube. Inner tube. I was like, floaty noodle tube thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
You guys can tell Otis spends a lot of time at Lake Noodle Tube now. Yeah, fuck that noise. <laughs> and so Max is climbing his way toward the kids. They do a flashback and show that Max worked at, I don't know, some re- fucking McDonald's kind of restaurant, still shirtless with a name tag on his skin. So he's never worn a shirt in this world. And he just is full of rage. He just wants to kill people. So he seems to be the easiest one for B to, to grab because this lady's like yelling at him about salted fries or, you know, different types of spices. And he's just holding the basket of hot, greasy fries. He's going to throw it on her. He just wants to kill. So, like I said, Max catches up to the to the back of the boat. They spray silly string on his face. And then Phoebe lights it and sprays some more. And his face catches on fire. And he falls into the water. He comes back up looking just fine. I was like, oh, okay. And then Cole turns on the boat and the propeller just destroys him. <laughs> and John is watching this from the dock and he's like, God damn. He's like, he realizes that Cole is different now. He's like, man, we're, we're thinking of him as a little kid. We have to think of him as a legit person because he is kicking our ass out here. <laughs> and Jimmy and Diego, they, they're talking to Melanie and they're like, hey, um, when is this gonna end? Because I got like an escape room thing tomorrow, and I gotta get there <laughs> early, just because there's this thing about holds and stuff. And they start arguing because they were like, "You still like yelling at us, and you told me there was more killing." And you know, they're kind of di- a little disillusioned about the allure of getting their wish from the devil, and they decided they're gonna leave, and then their bodies just explode. So the devil does not like when people back out of deals. And John is like, nope, I am with you. Please don't blow me up, devil. (laughs) I'm here for the long haul. They do a flashback a little bit later, but I'll explain it now about John. John wants to be famous at music. And he's got a Jerry Curl and a Michael Jackson, uh, what, a thriller jacket. And he's in the studio trying to sing a song. He's absolutely horrible at it. <laughs> and the producer like leaves and he's like, don't leave. Don't leave me. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And then B pops into the into the recording room. And I'm like, yep. So she catches people at their most desperate and gives them a reason. I was like, okay. Cole and Phoebe, they make it to Phoebe's family's cabin where they they realize they have about three hours, three and a half hours until sunrise where all of this will be over because apparently you have one night to take care of this issue and then daylight hits and it's over and they go back to hell, the demons, you know, the bad guys. Every two years. Yeah, every two years they have a chance. So, hey, next movie, two years from now. He's going to be in college. They're going to be fucking with him. I highly doubt he gets caught off guard that time. Well, we'll see. <laughs> and so in the bunker at the bottom where we see that, you know, very obvious metaphors toward Alice in Wonderland for Phoebe, you know, that's where she, that's her. Uh, what is it? Her childhood dream. Yes. She wanted to be Alice from Alice in Wonderland and they play White Rabbit that she tells Cole that her parents died because she crashed into into them. In a fatal car accident. So she was driving. A, well, she wasn't driving. <laughs> She's like sick. She and her babysitter were driving in the car. And she wanted to go back for a stuffed doll, a little rabbit. Her stuffed rabbit, yeah. And just 
if she didn't try to go back for the doll and just wait it till later, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been an orphan. So, and Cole tells her like, hey man, I, I can't say, because she says that you're going to say what everybody else says. And it's like, you'll be fine. It's not your fault. And he's like, oh, I can't tell you that. So they start kissing. And then we get metaphors, just like old sitcoms. I remember in Married with Children, I used to do this all the time where it'd be like, Someone stuffing a hot dog or train going into a tunnel and everybody would go, Woo! I think in what? Family Matters when Urkel, when he had sex, I think they did some metaphors. Was it? I don't know that Urkel ever had sex. They like No, no, no. It was uh uh um Fresh Prince. There you Carlton. go. Carlton had there you sex. go. Yeah. I it was some nerdy guy. I was trying to remember. And I was like, one. I don't think Family Matters ever got that deep. They got a lot like real close. There was like allusions to like go- getting naughty but they never like went all yeah. the way well his girlfriend myra she was she wanted it and wanted his junk real bad yeah I'm sad she and died. laura wanted stefan's junk too and they didn't ever do that yeah so <laughs> uh melanie she realizes that they could just run in there and fight him off but she's starting to realize that cole's kind of lucky a little too lucky so she comes up with the plan she's gonna call cole's dad and her dad juan <laughs> as they're getting high playing vr and halo and have them come out and then she can have the dads draw him out and then they can catch him and stuff so cole and phoebe they find out that on the back of a fortune cookie it has a set of numbers hey it's the same numbers to her dad's bunker of weapons in the basement and it's really weird it's like someone setting them up for success how odd (laughs) they come out of the basement ready to fight and john juan (laughs) and cole's dad are up there and melanie's kind of in the back and cole tells his dad that like that bitch is crazy you gotta believe me and i understand it like you know if you think a kid's crazy and they're doing all this crazy stuff i I absolutely get it but (laughs) um john once again just like in the first movie john accidentally kills himself when a chandelier falls on him because so John kills himself because he picks up a sword and he goes back to swing it at Cole because he slips on, I don't know, carpet, anything. And a chandelier falls on him and it goes through his head and an eye comes out and it goes through his mouth. And I was like, God damn. So once again, he everyone kind of causes their own demise. Some, sometimes there were a couple that died. So Cole and Phoebe, they run off and Cole tells Phoebe, just keep running until daylight. He's like, I'll find you. I'll find you. He meets up with his dad and dad hugs him and he's like, hey man, I believe you. We'll get out of here. Oh no, syringe to the arm. Cole's dad, I guess he believes him, but he knocks him the fuck out, puts him in his, what was it, a Prius? Yeah, fucking electric car. And then takes him away from this problem. As they are in what at a gas station charging up the car because it's an electric car and he complains about it. Cole wakes up because the dad bumps into the car and an alarm goes off. And he was kind of dumb because he completely locked the car door. I guess he didn't want Cole getting out, but he just locked him in the car with the keys, kind of. And Cole wakes up, tells his dad that, you know, you always told me that you have to fight through adversity to get what you want, you know, it makes you strong. And he's like, yeah, I said that, but he's like, no dad, I'll make you proud. Bye. And he drives off to go save the day. 
while this is happening, Phoebe and Melanie have themselves a fight. In this fight, it's like a video game Street Fighter fight. And <laughs> Phoebe's not doing that bad. But then Melanie pulls out a knife, puts it on her throat and fight over. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so Melanie tells Phoebe that Cole's going to come back. He's like, I know Cole. He's going to come back to save you because he loves you. And she's tied up. And Melanie gets a call. It's Cole on his way back to save Phoebe. And <laughs> she's like, I told you. So Cole shows up and he 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 tells Melanie, like, whatever, just kill me, take my blood, whatever you got to do. Just can you please, can, can we do this? So he, she starts draining his blood. And then, holy shit, who's that coming from the water? It's not Godzilla. It's B. It's <laughs> Ariel. Right, B Bzilla, B's back, <laughs> and you learn that she was kind of causing all of this. So she was the one talking to Melanie in her room, and it's like, oh, you got a, you got a thousand followers. You know, it's better than a thousand, a million. I'm like, oh, you sold your soul for that? I'm like, Jesus, that's a terrible thing to do. But it's a little kid, so I guess that's the, the reason. So all of the old killers, they pop back up. And they mix Cole's blood with Boom Boom's blood. And they all take a big old swig of the blood. Except B. She holds the goblet and watches them do nothing. They're like, what? Do I feel I feel the same. Like, what the fuck? And then B realizes that Cole and Phoebe got busy. What was that like from uh, Incredibles? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cole and Phoebe, they got busy. So... <laughs> It's not it's not virgin blood anymore, y'all. It's just normal people blood. So that's enough for everybody's bodies to explode. So hooray. And we find out that B was actually the babysitter of Phoebe when she was a kid. B was driving the car when they crashed. And then while they were in the hospital, Phoebe's little tiny six-year-old body wasn't doing that good. And a nurse, a demon nurse, comes up to B. And tells her, what would you do to save this little girl's life? And she was like, I'd do anything. And then the face starts turning. And it's like, oh, she gave up her soul to save Phoebe. And so it makes more sense in the first movie of why she picked Cole. And she didn't want to kill Cole at first. She kind of didn't want to kill him even towards the end. Towards the end, she said, hey, if you just let me go, I can walk away. You can go back to your life and I'll find some other kid and then we'll uh, we'll just do like that. And he's like, nope, I can't let you do that. That's the wrong thing. So you find out even then she wasn't. Well, she is a villain still, but she's got a tragic reason for being bad. She's just not bad to be bad. She was bad because she was trying to save her life and get her soul back. And I don't know. It was a whole twisted reason. So I was like, oh, OK, I like that. I like that. So, hooray! Everybody's dead that needs to be dead. And then B releases Phoebe from her shackles, and she's looking at Cole, and she tells him that mm, there's one more person, that, one more demon that needs to be killed before we're done here. And, and they're like, who? And it's like, it's me. Like, this won't get any better until I'm gone. Then she drinks the blood. And then she gets sucked into, like, I don't know, this dark hole and smokes everywhere. And then, thank God, Cole's dad sees all of this go down. And he's like, holy shit, 
all of that was real. You were telling the truth the whole time. He's like, yeah, I was. And he's like, I am so sorry. I really thought you were crazy. And he's like, well, I'm glad you don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> as the sun comes, as the sun comes up, Cole and Phoebe, they have a big old kiss. And Cole's dad's like, oh shit, I gotta take a picture of this. <laughs> he's very excited. Back at school, Cole is different. He's got confidence. I mean, I guess that's, I don't know, helping kill seven people. I guess you feel better about yourself when they're demons and get some was what Magnum XL condom. So he was yeah. having a great time. So everything seems to be going right. In the post-credit scene, we go back to the beach. And so the book, the book that does all the evil stuff and talks about the rituals. There's always an evil book. Yeah, it's still on the beach. And the wind kind of uncovers it. And the pages flap in the wind. So that's the end of the movie for now. So like I said, someone's going to find that book. And they're going to cause all of this to keep going. I'd love to see the killers come back and maybe they get their wishes. And so that's Cole realizes that he's got to stop them because I don't know. They finally got it done because he's not innocent anymore. He's got to find somebody else. So maybe he's protecting some young kid in the third one. So they're working on it now. So we'll see where they go with this. So Katie, who was your favorite character in the babysitter killer queen? Uh, Phoebe played by Jenny Ortega. I have not watched really anything that she's been in so far, um, but I've been really hyped for the new uh, Wednesday Adams Family show that she's going to star in. And this movie just like solidified me being hyped for that because she did so well. Um, She kind of plays in this movie a like, quote, troubled teen. She's just like, kind of the dark twisted girl that nobody wants to talk to or be friends with and i think that's gonna play really well into the wednesday show and i can't fucking wait and i think she did really good in this movie as like she was funny she didn't have a problem with like accepting all the crazy shit that was happening she was like immediately like yeah we need to get the fuck out of here let's go (laughs) and her character was just great yeah. Uh, Micah. Uh, I'll go with Cole. <laughs> um, he had, there was a lot of character development that was very kind of jumpy at times. I think it might have just been like him being very self aware and of his, like, like his situation and what he was surrounded by. Like, I'll get into my least favorite character here shortly, but. <laughs> he's being influenced to take medication and stuff like that and he goes to his therapist he's like what the fuck man you like don't even know me i've been here for three years and you know just he's kind of going through it and he's like nobody believes me and even though i'm trying to be like open and honest like you know and it's just kind of biting him in the ass and so he's very timid but then all of a sudden he gets himself into these situations where he becomes kind of a badass and so it gets it gets a little jumpy but i think it's just you know if it's meant to be that way because it's you know awkward teenager you know he he's gonna have jumpy personality traits that you know still figuring life out you know he'll get more consistent as he goes but uh as the movie kept going he kind of got more and more badass as he gained confidence and then yeah i mean just a normal character growth 
Uh, there's not much else to say. I I thought he was a solid part throughout the movie. But sorry, I kind of fizzled out on that one. <laughs> I, I felt like I was going somewhere with it, and then it just kind of fizzled out, and the train derailed. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> well, who's next, Micah? Who has it gotten you? And Otis. And Otis. What did you think, Emma? Well, I had Phoebe also because I just. I liked her when she came into the classroom with her giant trench coat and her lingerie. I was like, this bitch. All right. So after that, I didn't really have any reason not to like her. So yeah, she was just an easy pick for me. Otis. Honorable mention to Cole. Like he did really good. It's funny because at the end of the first movie, he was solid. You know, he was way way more brave than the beginning of the movie but then you know with a sequel you kind of got to take a couple steps back with the hero or mm-hmm. they have this new emotion they have to deal with and it happens all the time just like in hatchet movies you know mary beth she was a hard ass in the first one and then in the second one she had to have different things to make her build herself back up and so that's why in the third one she was like i don't want to be here and the whole movie she's saying that and then finally she gets back to the swamp and she starts swinging she's like this is the only thing i'm good at so I get why Cole had to be the way he was because they had to build him back up to being super brave. But I am going with the original Killers. They make me laugh so much in this movie. So yeah. Max, John, Sonia, and Allison, they are some of the funniest damn people in this movie. And I'm so glad that John got so many more lines so they realized that dude's fucking funny. Like King Batch. He is funny online. Like he, I want to say he's still on YouTube and Twitter. So he he does jokes all the time. That he's is hilarious. One, one of the funniest dudes. And like Emma and Micah said, he brings up Jordan Peele, and he's like, "I'm I'm proud. I didn't die first. <laughs> he's like, "Yo, my black ass is still going. I'm proud." So he, he was absolutely hilarious, and I love Max. Even at the end, when they're dying because he's not, you know, they're not drinking virgin blood. Max like. I'm not even mad at you, bro. He's like, I'm proud of you. You had, you know, as he's dying, he's just like, I'm proud of you, Cole. Like the whole movie, he's like, I'm going to kill you, but I want you to kind of stand for you, stand up for yourself, man. Like in the first movie, when a kid's egg in his house, he's like, kick his ass, man. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Oh my God. When he kicked him in the crotch and he's like, you finally found my dick, Cole. (laughs) (laughs) But no, the, the killers, they were great. The younger killers. So Diego and Jimmy. I thought they were great together. So I don't know. The the writer of the villains, they 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 understand that villains can do anything and say anything. And they're really funny with their words. So I had a great time with the killers in this movie. Mm-hmm. So Katie, who was your least favorite character? Ooh, this was so easy to choose in this <laughs> movie. And that is Cole's mom. <laughs> Ooh, okay. But Cole's mom. She did not believe a single word out of his mouth about anything. All she wanted to do was put him on pills, medicate the shit out of him, and lock him up in a psych ward. She would not let her teenage son have any, like, normal teen experiences. Like, as soon as Cole was a minute late through the door, she immediately was like, calling all the cell phones and running next door to see where Cole might have gone and all these different things. And it's like, bitch, he's 16, 17. Like, 
he just went with his best friend like let him have a minute um yeah she was just way too helicopter parenty uh for a 16 year old 17 year old and i just i don't know she was a super dick to cole's dad too the whole time like cole's dad couldn't be his own person everything was like super micromanaged by her uh in regards to him and she just kept getting mad at him and mad at him and mad at him like fucking the dad couldn't even like go to their neighbor's house and play video games she was just like on his fucking case about everything and it's like bitch you suck emma i said the parents because for all the same reasons like you ignored everything about your child your child literally the whole reason this whole started is because he was like defending his own life and his house and then you come home to him covered in blood and your house is covered in blood and he's freaked out saying that a bunch of killers were there and your first instinct is like liar like how dare you dismiss your kid like that that's just not okay it's just parenting at its worst and like you said she was very controlling of the dad and the dad was like just not with it so (laughs) micah i'm gonna say the dad (laughs) Uh, i thought the dad had a very very sneaky manipulative side Mm -hmm. like especially when he goes into his room to talk to him and is like hey i'm the cool dad and you know like i just want you to take these because i just want you to be better you know i want you to to be normal, to, to, to feel normal again. He's like, can you do that for me? Can you, can you just do that for me, man? Like, dude, fuck off. And the whole, if you don't like that lotion, I have some different lotion. Like, well, fuck, that, dude, that's come funny. on now. I mean, that's making an awkward situation no, no, no. funny, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, you know, the, the dad is just like super shady, hiding the, uh, the, like they were gonna fucking kidnap him and take him to a mental psych ward. Like, you know, and, and then you know the pills and everything and he's like oh shit my kids here i gotta i gotta stop and turn around and go i mean hey look at us dancing and here's your new pills have fun be better be normal please because i'm tired and don't want to deal with your bullshit anymore but i think and it's like whoa dude come on man just be straight with the kid like (laughs) or just fucking believe him and then figure out how to work through it because that's just giving up that's laziness. It's probably because he's he's doing the pot again. He's on he's on the pot. He's been taking the pot. So he's been taking the pot again. Are you, are you taking pot right now? Uh, well, going through a tunnel. What? What? <laughs> oh, me? Are you talking about me? I can't tell who you're asking. Yeah, <laughs> I like he's trying to dodge, just not lying to her, but he didn't want to answer it. I like that. Are, are you are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. I, I just don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. In it, it's funny. It's such a old school trope of the parents not believing you. In the first Nightmare on Elm Street, fucking Nancy's dad and her mom. Well, she the mom kind of knew about it because they killed Freddie back in the day. But she was just knowingly telling the kid like, "Oh, that's not real. That's not real at all." She tells her dad he's the fucking police chief of the town. Like, hey, Freddie. Is gonna jump me tonight, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a reason for you to see him. Like, just be ready. And he's like, "Okay, crazy old Nancy, always good for a laugh." And then Fred's in her house, 
and then the house is on fire and he's like oh my god my daughter was telling the truth i'm like yeah bitch <laughs> like like i said it takes crazy things for parents to believe their kids like i don't know just put a camera in a room or something like i don't know but every horror movie has to have someone that does not believe what's happening 100 percent because usually those people die i really thought the dad was gonna die in this movie because he just did not believe the kid so i thought that was cool at the end he realized that his kid cole was telling the truth the whole time which makes me think in the third movie the dad's gonna be on his side helping him take on the demons i think the mom is still gonna be in the dark about it and then she'll just be the same old fuddy-duddy or she'll be the bad guy oh shit she's part of the (laughs) cult (laughs) this cult runs deep so yeah either she's a fuddy-duddy or she'll be evil in the next one but you always gotta have somebody that's like stop having fun and it's like oh you know everybody's gotta boo them so yeah the parents man they they were, they were shitty uh, hopefully that i mean i'm glad the dad got better because he had to see fucking demons explode that's what changed his idea about everything and he's like oh well i'll be dipped and it's real hmm. <laughs> you know it took that you know but anyway so let's do seven word synopsis so i have a couple because i like this movie i like this movie my first one is great to see the original group again the second they popped up in the the boat house and they were like like we're totally gonna kill you cole and he's like oh my lord i was like yay i was cheering so phoebe brought up the sequel supersede theory so if you know me i love fucking terminator 2 and it is part of the small little group of sequels that are absolutely better than the original um, I think Aliens is better than Alien, but that's I probably get beat up for saying that to the right people. Um, Spider-Man 2 is better than the first Spider-Man. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, obviously, Superman 2, way better than the first one. But there's this group of sequels that are absolutely bangers compared to the original one. Terminator 2, probably one of the best action movies ever. I will fight you on that one. So, Oh, uh, this is a line from the movie. Actually, funny huh? thing about Terminator 2, that was. Oh, damn it. Never mind. It was Robocop 2. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Keep going. Nah, Robo- oh, first, Robocop's fucking awesome. Love that movie. <laughs> I got brain swooped again. All right. My next one is Cole is the Channing Tatum of murder. John says this line about him. He's like, this motherfucker is legit, y'all. We got to, like, Take him seriously. And then I forgot to bring it up, but sexual metaphor described in a dance number. So also, besides the train going into the tunnel and a hot dog, they actually have a dance number when everybody's dressed all disco-like and they start dancing. So it's Cole, Phoebe, and the killers. They're all dressed like they're in disco times, dancing for a little bit. And so, yeah, that's sex. (laughs) That's sex in McGee's eyes. Katie. Um, shame on store clerk for suggesting magnums <laughs> for a hundred dollars for a hundred dollars. Well, yeah, she, I mean, he bought all sorts of shit, everything that the other teens bought in the store, plus like. I'm sure the gas to put in the car. But like, as has been proven many, many times on the internet, like 0.0000001% of people actually need magnums. Because a regular condom will, like, 
fit over your whole ass head. So like that's absurd. That's for sure coming off and he's for sure getting a teen girl pregnant. So like shame on well, you, clerk. And it's good it fits over your head or else it wouldn't be very effective. Oh my god. <laughs> uh but yeah, shame on that store clerk cuz she for sure would probably cause a teen pregnancy actually. Phoebe's yep. probably going to be pregnant in the next movie. Um and then my second one in insane deaths and funny the mcg supreme yes that's what he does i'm gonna go to taco bell and order the mcg supreme <laughs> call the cops on you <laughs> well, she said i think it's coach she's gonna rob us oh or something. Call the my cops. gosh micah uh, explosions are a hell of a drug <laughs> i forget when i came up with that one the uh jet ski blew up out of like instantaneous everything and he was just like and her hair was all knocked out of its like oh that's right you you made a comment because yeah i was like okay knocked her buns and braids out after the jet ski exploded (laughs) all of her braids went away and emma was like okay uh plot weird Uh and i was like hey man explosions are a hell of a drug (laughs) uh hot journalist saves teens in spooky canyon (laughs) i'd read it right okay toss this pussy to the mental ward that was literally in the first like 15 minutes of the movie and i was like yep uh why are these parents quick to dismiss yeah yeah and then my two alliteratives boat begins bloodbath beckoning back before bitches the killers of before and then my other one was follow fire find fiends free female fiend sweet <laughs> so this film came out september 10th never forget 2020 the budget and box office go figure it's a netflix film so they don't want to tell you all right yeah. hell i don't know uh, i'd like to think it was probably a little bit more than the original because there were more killers Everyone's a little bit older. Samara Weaving got a lot bigger since the last movie. So she's been starring in tons of movies. So I like to think that it was a little bit more than the first movie. And I don't think the first one had a budget either. (laughs) So minority kill count. I had four. So we had John, Diego, Boom Boom, Sonia. That's it. Oh, wait. Sonia Uh, was already dead. well yes but they all died again um what about the guy who owned the jenny boat yeah was he black no No, i think he was hispanic Mm, that's five and melanie's dad's name is juan but he was a white dude i'm white what's your point okay that's six (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so we got six so now our new minority kill count is 226 and a Tito turtle. Oh, yeah. No mas. No mas. No mas. Get out of here, Bella. Dang. So, with I don't have anything else. Does anybody have anything else to say about the babysitter killer queen? So, uh, like I said, this is a fun, fun movie. I hope the the third movie comes out soonish. 
hopefully next Halloween. That'd be that'd be fucking great. A yes. little bit before Halloween. Gimme. Yeah. I, I love this world. McG, make more horror movies. It's really fun. Yep. Like do do funny horror movies. I'm fine with it. So I will say the reviews weren't as shiny of this one than the original one. Uh, a lot of people said that it kind of got a little goofy in spots. I mean, I, it did. I get it. Like the the sex dance number, I liked it because I like a good metaphor for things. You don't have to show me sex. Just show something weird happen. I'm like, ah, that's sex. You know, just like in what musicals and stuff, kissing. I mean, sex. So I I get it. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But usually it's sex. Like in Lion King, when they kissed in the woods, they had sex. Or in the jungle, whatever. Mm. They had sex that night. Yeah, but that wasn't just like kissing. Like they had that was a whole different thing. But any <laughs> but it was. It was a little bit more than that. But no, this is a fun, fun movie. So please, uh, McG, give give us more. Please. So with that, that is the end of this episode. So this is episode one. We have 34 movies coming up for you. A pretty solid list of them. Like this is the first one, and I really like this movie, so I'm I'm pumped. I'm, yep. I want to keep the, the the good movie streak going. Sooner or later, we're not gonna get a as good one that pops up. So, but now this was a very fun one. So if you have any of the cool fun facts or anything about Smart Weaving and why she should just keep doing all the movies, you can tweet us at. Allentown Pod. We have an email it is. Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook account. Allentown Presents. So, I don't get it. Oh, the music and so the music you listen to right now, that is a new song from Flipping the Combined Effort. I'm very pumped. I gotta gotta show the crew, but this song is really fucking cool. So um, I had had my friends I told them what I wanted and they were like, what about this? And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Print that, sir. So, this is why the music is a little different. So every Halloween Screamathon, this this is the song. The lyrics are going to change every year. So I'm very pumped for that. Studio Pizza, thank you so much for the artwork. So, like I said, we got 30 more. So we will see you tomorrow god damn i love saying that we'll see you tomorrow with another scary movie okay bye guys bye now that's spooky welcome back